Father, I thank you for Oliver. Thank you for the preparation that she's put in. I thank you for the prophetic word that's in her. Lord, I pray that you'll release this now and that we would have receptive hearts and that we would uh, change, be changed as a result of what she shares and how we engage with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great, thanks Roger. It is quite disconcerting when we have our, we're looking at this camera, but the feeds come up and like Roger said, because I'm sat down, you can't actually see me, so but I know you guys can see me. I'm actually going to talk from sitting down today, it kind of looks a bit better in our small room, we don't have such as much space as Mark and Cheryl do in their room. I don't know if you're like me, but um, I'm one of these people that has days where, or nights I should say, where I wake up at four o'clock, I don't know if anybody else has this problem in life, um, I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but anyway, sometimes I find myself waking up at four o'clock and I'm kind of wide awake and it's very easy to feel a bit frustrated and, oh, I wish I was asleep, I need to be asleep and all of that. But one of the things I've learned is that actually it's a really good time for communing with God. And I find it so often that as I'm asking, I'll say, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to tell me right now? Is there anything you want me to pray about? Or is there anything you want to speak to me about? And I often find that there are things that come really clearly at that time of, time of the morning. <laughs> um, and it was in one such 4 a.m. Um, a couple of weeks back. Um, I can't remember now if I was asking the Holy Spirit to give me something for this Sunday, because we knew we had this Sunday coming up, or if I was just praying and he gave it to me. But what happened was that I had a real impression from the Holy Spirit about what we needed to do today. And there was two things he said. The first thing was, you need to get the church doing some corporate praying and use the Lord's Prayer as a, as a way to know how to go about doing that. And the second thing he said was, set the context of what you're going to do in Acts chapter 42. Uh, sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So what I'm going to do in this next little bit is... I'm going to talk to you a little bit and set the scene, as instructed, from Acts 2. Um, and then we're actually going to do some praying together. Um, don't worry about that too much at the moment. I'll explain how that's going to work when we get to that point. But I just want to start with this sort of exhortation from Acts chapter 2. So it's a really well-known verse, isn't it? Acts chapter 2, 42. Probably many of you are already quoting it in your heads. But it says this. Um, when it says they, by the way, just in case anybody's not sure, it's talking about the disciples, the followers of Jesus, and the recent 3,000 new converts, new believers that they've just had. So they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayers. And I'm just going to stop at that verse there, although I will come back to that passage later on in, um, when, I, when I'm talking to you. But I want to just start by talking to you a little bit about three words in that in that verse. Um, the first word being steadfast. And I think this is a real word in season for us. And God's been speaking to me a, a lot about this. And Mark spoke about it earlier as well in, in one of his talks. I think the Spirit is saying to us it's a time where we really need to be steadfast, which means be consistent. It means be persistent. It means be faithful in, in our walk with God, in, in walk, developing our intimacy with God. It's a season where we can't just think, well, things aren't as they used to be. We need to be proactive and steadfast in our time with God. Like Mark was, was, was saying to us, in those disciplines of reading the Bible, in those disciplines of praying and worshipping and communing with God, in those disciplines of beholding Jesus and allowing him to transform us to be made like him, in, in, in these things that are about building the kingdom of God where we are, we need to be steadfast. We need to be doing them um, consistently. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people that God will often speak to me through everyday things that I'm doing. And one of the things I've done recently since the swimming pool has been open is I've done a bit of swimming. 
Um, I hadn't been swimming for quite a long time and the first few times I went there was hardly anybody in the water and it was lovely and calm and smooth and I was swimming away and thinking, well yeah, this is great, I can still swim, I'm still steady, I can still swim my breaststroke very nicely. And then as the sessions went along, more people came and there was one particular occasion um, where I affectionately um, termed this chap that was swimming in the same lane to me, not to his face, just in my head. Um, I affectionately termed him Bouncy Boy because there was something about his style which was really bouncy. And of course, the effect of that was that there were a lot, quite a lot of waves as he swam past me. And I found that I'd be going along swimming and then like I happened to come up and like, well, you'd get a mouthful. And it really puts you off your stride and you splutter, splutter and you lose your stroke and you just get a bit derailed for a while. And if I was doing backstroke, which I'm not so good at as breaststroke, then it would derail me even more. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, it's why you need to be steadfast and consistent in, in your devotions to God, in, in just putting in those things in place that, that are, are keeping your walk with me secure. Because when the water gets a little bit choppier, it's harder to do it. And one of the things I've noticed was that I've swum more regularly since then. And my last swimming session I went to, Bouncy Boy was back. But one thing I noticed was actually the waves didn't perturb me so much this time. And I reckon it's because I've become more experienced again at swimming. I've become more practiced at that stroke. And I found that I was getting derailed less by the waves that were coming. And I feel like there's a word that God has for us right here, that we need to be being steadfast in the things of God right now. So that when the waves come, when the storm comes, when things are a bit more choppy, we don't get put off our stroke, but we're able to keep going, keep going steadfastly. So I encourage you with that. The other thing that um, they, it says that they did was that they persevered. And um, a lot of us don't like this word perseverance, do we? I'm not a runner, sorry, I can't run. Those of you that do, hats off to you. And particularly those of you that run marathons. I know there are those amongst us, like Nathan's run marathons and various other people, I'm sure. Um, marathon running is, is something you have to keep going on, isn't it? And it feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? We're not in a sprint. We kind of maybe back in March thought, oh yeah, this will be a little bit different for a while. But we're all aware now, aren't we, that we're in something that's a different season. And we need to be persevering. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I just feel like we need to make sure that we're encouraging ourselves, but also one another to keep going. Yes, you're doing a great job. Yes, you're doing that. You're doing that well. Now keep going. And then when you've done it a little bit longer, keep going, keep doing it some more. So let's be a people that are steadfast and that persevere in the things that, that just build up our spirits, that build up our faith. Let's be consistent, let's be steadfast in, in those devotions, in those things that we know are gonna ground us in who we are in God. And then I want us to look at the word devoted. So it says that these people devoted themselves to four things, and we're gonna talk about those four things in a moment, but let's just think about this word devoted. Um, in the Greek it, Greek, it actually means to exist or to be. That's, see, it strikes me that the word devoted is not a passive word. It's not a calm word, is it? It's, a, it's an all-encompassing word. Um, so if it means to exist, to be, wow, that's quite something, isn't it? Um, in our dictionary, it says that it, if you're devoted to something, it means you commit yourself to something, your thoughts and your energies. You concern yourself with it. You're all about it. So... You kind of think, well, okay, so what's being said here? That these people devoted themselves to these four things. That means they weren't passive about it, but they actually, it was what consumed them. It was what their lives were, were primarily all about. It was what occupied them. Um, and we're going to look later at what the result of that was. 
But let's have a think about what these four things are that the, the early disciples, the early church, were devoted to. So the first one is that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, or the doctrine, or the instruction. And for us, obviously for the New Testament believers, they were getting that word from, from the words of mouth of Peter and James and John and so on and so forth, from the actual apostles. They were getting it firsthand. But of course, the Holy Spirit inspired those apostles to write the New Testament for us. And this is where we get our apostles' teaching from. We need to be devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, of course, as well, today, we have fantastic teachers around, people like Mark, who can expand and encourage us and teach us more from the Word of God. And, and we need to be listening and, and taking on board what, 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 what that is and what's being said. Um, but I want to just say one thing on this, because... Um, we, we know that you know there's plenty of, of food out there for us, plenty of this apostles teaching for us to be to be getting our teeth into. We've got the word, we've got people teaching us. But James um, chapter one says that we need to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And I think this comes back to me for to this thing again about not being spectators. We don't want to just acquire head knowledge about what's in the Bible or about the, the teaching. We want actually to put it into practice in our lives and be doers of that word. Because if it's not changing us, then the Bible tells us in James that we're like people who look in a mirror and then go away and forget what we're like. So I want to just encourage us on that one, that as we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, that we actually become doers of that word. So the second thing they devoted themselves to was the fellowship which has this sense of community, being sharers in something, joint participators, there's that word again about participators, but it also carries a sense of intimacy as well. And Mark and Cheryl have been doing a great job in this season of encouraging us to make sure that we are getting fellowship one with another, whether it's via Zooms or phone calls, or whether now it's by meeting people outside, or even now one other family group in your home. And let's, let's do that. I mean, I know for us, we've had a very busy household over lockdown with lots of family members in our house, and that's been quite difficult. But our season has just changed. And I'm looking to say, God, how do you want us to make sure that we are fellowshipping with one another? And it leads into the next one that they devoted themselves to, which is the breaking of bread. And it's interesting, isn't it, that it says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper. And what happened in New Testament times was they would share meals together. And in the context of sharing a meal, they would also do as we've done this morning and share communion or the Lord's Supper, as it was referred to there, with one another. And I want to encourage us that as we look to fellowship with one another, that we do that. We share meals together, but maybe we can break bread with one another too. And let's make sure that when we are fellowshipping with one another, yes, we're just having fun and enjoying each other's company. That's great and very valid. But let's also spur one another on in our faith and in our walk with God. Let's share some of the things God's been speaking to us from our times with him. Let's pray for one another. Let's share some of the things that we're struggling with and pray for one another. So let's really look to take up that exhortation that Mark and Cheryl have been giving us and make sure that we're fellowshipping together and breaking bread together from home to home. And then the fourth thing that it says they devoted themselves to were prayers. And the word that I'm, my Greek pronunciation may be dodgy, but I pronounce it prosuchi. And it's really interesting that, that actually it means prayer and worship. And for me, that's really reassuring because I always find that prayer and worship are like this. You know, for me, prayer on its own, worship, on, they just are like hand and glove, aren't they? And it's great that that's what this word encapsulates, prayer and worship. 
So prayer suggests that it's something that we address to God. And in this word could also mean an actual place of prayer. And back in New Testament times, they would go to the synagogue to pray. But interestingly, there were also outdoor places, often by the river, there were outdoor places of prayer. And we read, don't we, in the letters that Paul wrote, that he often, when he left the synagogue, he went to find the place of prayer. And I just think, well, that's an interesting challenge for us, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great that Cambridge could be known that there are places of prayer around the city where we know that people go and gather to pray in the outside? Well, maybe not on a wet, windy day, but we've had some beautiful weather too. So places of prayer. And then, of course, we can pray from home to home as well. So as I mentioned at the start, what I felt the Holy Spirit said was set this context, but then do some praying together and use the Lord's Prayer to help. So this is what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna participate in this together, even though we're all in different places, we're gonna join together with one heart, with one mind, with one voice, and we're gonna offer up some prayers to God. And you know, because God is spirit and he is everywhere, those prayers will be taken as one and they will come up to him um, as, as a sweet smelling offering. We might not be able to hear each other, but he can hear all of us as we're praying. Okay, so I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come with me on this and I'm going to explain how we're going to do it so that you don't feel insecure and not sure what, what we're going to do. So I'm going to share some things about different, not all of the Lord's Prayer, but some specific lines from the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to just share some things that I feel the Spirit has put on my heart to share. And then I'm going to give us a minute where we will be quiet at this end. And what I want you to do at that point is to raise your voice aloud, to speak out your prayer. You might be on your own and therefore that's probably quite easy to do. You might be with a spouse, hopefully you're used to doing it, but if you're not, break the ground today. You might be with your family and I'd like to encourage you to encourage your children into this time as well. Because how do our children learn to pray? They learn by doing it with us, by watching us pray, don't they? So I want to ask you again to just let the Holy Spirit help you get over your self-consciousness and pray. I won't leave you hanging for too long, don't worry. But I'm going to give you some direction as to what I want you to pray. And then after a brief time, one of Roger or myself will just pray on that topic. And when, one or, when we've finished, that's a sign to us that we will move on. So by all means, if you're still praying, when we pray, carry on your praying. But when we stop and move on to the next thing, I'd ask that you would stop too so that we can all move on together into the next phase. You can always come back and pray more later. So does that make sense, yeah? Everybody clear on what we're gonna do? Good, all right. So, the first part that I felt that, the, that God wanted us to pray about was, was actually the very first line of the Lord's Prayer, which says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we're gonna pray two things. I'm gonna take the Our Father part first. And I want just to remind us, I know you know this, but I want to remind us that prayer stems from an intimate relationship with our Father. We don't pray as part of a religion because it's the rules that say you must pray. We don't pray because we're gonna beg and to twist God's arm to do something. We don't pray because we're afraid of punishment. We pray because it's our way of conversing with our Heavenly Father. And isn't it great that we come to him as a father? We've sung about it already this morning, that he's a good, good father. And I just want to say some things about fathers that will hopefully help us as we just start this praying time. A good earthly father is the head of his household and demonstrates his authority in that household. 
And isn't it great that our Heavenly Father has all authority? <laughs> There's none like it. He has all authority. And he is the head, or he's made Jesus to be the head of his church. So we know that when we come to God as our Father, he has that authority. A good earthly father will love his children, provide for his children, listen and respond to his children. And isn't it great that our Heavenly Father is the same for us? That he loves us, he provides for us, as we've been saying, that he listens to us, he delights to listen to us, that's amazing, isn't it? And that he responds to us. A good earthly father will have the long-term best interests of his children at heart, not necessarily their immediate gratification, but their long-term best interests. The children don't always like it, but it, because the father wants to bring up the children to be, to be in the right way and for what's good for them in the long term, that's how he will deal with them. And that's how our Heavenly Father deals with us, that he has our long-term best interest at heart. He's about us becoming more and more like Jesus, isn't he? Isn't that fantastically reassuring? And an earthly father, of course, is going to have more understanding, more wisdom, more clarity about life than the children, even though the children don't always think so. <laughs> but he is. And same with our heavenly father, that he has so much more wisdom than we do. He has much greater clarity and understanding. It's his eternal purposes that are being worked out in the earth. And sometimes we don't really get things, but when we come to him as our father, he delights to share his heart with us. He delights to share his wisdom and his understanding with us And when we ask that. And isn't that great that when we don't understand or we, we're not sure, he will come and speak to us and, and share his heart with us. And a good earthly father loves giving gifts to his children, doesn't he? Um, I remember when our girls were little, Rod used to love buying them a dress and it was, it was great. But our heavenly father, it says, delights how much more he delights to give us good gifts. And in particular, it talks about him giving us the Holy Spirit to those that ask. So I'm going to give us a minute now where we just take time. And what I want you to do as a family group or as an individual is just to say thank you and about that relationship we have with God as our Father, that our coming to him in prayer stems from this intimate relationship. So I'm just going to give us a minute um, and then I'll pray um, to close that time in. So, Father, we just want to say thank you that we come to you as a heavenly Father who is perfect in all of your ways. Thank you that when we come to you in prayer, we come from that relationship of intimacy. Thank you that you delight in us as your children and that you provide for us as a good Father. Mm. We're so grateful. Thank you. And then the next part of that line says, hallowed be your name. So although we come to God as our father from that place of intimacy, we also come with that whole attitude of reverence and fear. You know, the name of God is holy. 
God himself is holy. He's set apart. There is something about him that sets him apart from all of us. And when we come, we do want to come with that sense of reverence and awe before him. You know, the name of a person conveys what that person is like. You know, when I say the name Roger, it immediately conjures up to me what I know Roger to be like, his character, his, his interests, what is like, the authority that he has. And the same is with the name of God, that when we speak that name or when we speak the name of Jesus, it carries what his name entails, his power, his authority, what he's like, his character. Um, but his name, we know, is set apart, it's holy, it's far above anything else. So when we come, we also come with reverence and with awe. So let's just take a minute to, to express to God how we, how we see his name as being a name that we come before with reverence and awe. Father, we thank you that you are a holy God. We thank you that you are overall, that your name has all authority. We honour you. We honour you, Father. Help us to increasingly see your majesty, your awesomeness, that we may live in fear of you in awesome, awesome reverence all our days. And I pray that we would carry that with us, Lord, that people meeting with us would get a sense of the awesomeness of God, that you are holy, there's no one like you. You're completely other than anything else. And that you should want to know us and want to be involved with us uh, and that you should bring us into your presence is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. So the next line that I want us to, to focus on in our praying is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, these are really familiar lines to us, aren't they? We pray them, we sing them. Um, but I want us just to make sure that we're thinking about what it means when we say this. So what we're saying is, God, we want your rule. We want your reign to be evident. And we want it to grow in its influence. And we want that your will is done on earth like it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, it's only ever the will of God that is done, isn't it? So we're saying, God, we only ever want to be doing the will of God. And it's important, isn't it, that our prayers, our praying is kingdom focused, that it's about seeing the kingdom of God extended. It's about praying what God wants to do in our day and in our generation. We need to be lining ourselves up with God's kingdom and God's kingdom purposes for our time. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to pray, we're going to take a minute on three different areas, we'll do one at a time. The first one we're going to think about is praying for the kingdom of God to come in our lives as individuals. It may be that as you pray now, God shows you an area of your heart where you're not letting his reign rule in your life, or maybe where you're fighting against his will. Well, just, just let him deal with you with that and talk to him about that. But if not, ask him, God, I want your kingdom to come. Show me where your kingdom needs to be made manifest in my life or in my family. Um, and let's pray for ourselves and our families that the kingdom of God would come and that the will of God would be done. Amen. Let's take time. Father, we bow the knee to you. It's your kingdom. And our lives are yours. We give them afresh to you this morning and say, here we are, Lord. Have your way. I, I pray that if there are areas where we kind of have taken back authority or whether we kind of Arms under your Lordship, Lord, show us. But Lord, I thank you that you said all authority in heaven and earth is yours. And you've given us your authority to walk in. And it only works for us as we bow the knee to your authority. And that's what we want to do, Lord. We want to be humble, to recognise without you we can do nothing. It's your authority. And thank you that as we are under your authority, as we bound your authority, that we can walk in your authority, that we can uh, speak your authority into our lives, into our family lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it's, it's this whole thing about being under your authority is for our good. Mm. It's not because you want us under the thumb. It's for our good. And so we willingly bow the knee and say, be Lord, be ruler. And Lord, I thank you that that verse says, where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Thank you, Lord, that as we make you Lord, we will walk in that perfect freedom. Thank you. And then the next area where I want us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, is in the church. And when I say the church, yes, I can mean Faith Life Church, our family, the part of the church that we belong to. But I mean the body of the church of God at large, the body of Christ in this nation and across the world. And I want us just to take a minute now to pray, God, let your kingdom come and be made, be grow, let it grow, let it be 
may manifest in your church in this day and let your will be done in the church even as it is done in heaven so let's just take that moment now to pray for the church just as the spirit leads you to pray for god's kingdom and his will to be done in his church Father, we just want to say thank you that you've given us Jesus to be the head of the church. Mm. And we want to, on behalf of the body of Christ, say we bow yeah. to the headship of Jesus. Let your body be as you want it to be. Yeah. Lord, you haven't designed your church to be something that, that is, is powerless. So, Lord, where we've become powerless in your body, would you forgive us? Yeah. And would you cause us to walk in the power and the authority that you've given us through Jesus? Yeah. God, you don't want your church to become like the world so that its contrast doesn't show up. But you want us to be light in a dark place. So, God, where we, the church, have just embraced the culture and the values of our society, God, would you forgive us? Yeah. And God, would you purify your church? Would you let your kingdom come and your will be done in your church that Jesus may be glorified, that the world would look on and not laugh at the hypocrisy, but the world would look on and say, wow, what is that? God, we want to be a church that honours Jesus as the head, that walks in obedience to Jesus as the head. We want to be a church where the kingdom of God is growing and is made manifest. Yeah. We want to be a church where the love of God is evident mm. we want to be a church that honors Jesus yeah. in every way so help us we pray mm. Amen. and the third area where I want us just to spend a moment to pray for the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven is in the nations you can start here with our own nation the United Kingdom there are turbulent times the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. They really need wisdom in this season. They need righteousness in this season. But across the world as well. You know, sometimes when in the world things are hard going, we know that the kingdom of God can advance. So let's pray for the nations for a moment that the kingdom of God would advance in this time and that God's will would be done.
this, Lord, we thank you for the nations of the world. Nations rise, nations fall. Pray that your kingdom would be evident, that your kingdom would come. Pray specifically for, for this nation, for the government, Lord, that your kingdom would be manifested to them, that you would reveal yourself to them, that Jesus is Lord would become real to them, that the kingdom would progress in this nation as in other nations. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. So the next part um, that I want us to draw attention to is, is a few, few lines on. Um, obviously in your own time feel free to use this and pray some more but i want to take us um next to to the line that says where jesus tells us to pray lead us not into temptation um so mark did a brilliant preach, preach on this last week didn't he where he made it clear to us that temptation in itself isn't wrong but entering into it is where the sin comes um and what is interesting isn't it that jesus instructs us to pray that we enter not into temptation. And when um, I was preparing this, um, Holy Spirit led me to the passage um, in Mark. I'm going to read it. It was in more than one, but I'm going to read it from Mark, um, where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And I want to just talk a little bit about this before we pray. So um, this is Mark chapter 14. Actually, no, I've got it in here. Sorry, I've got different things. You can read out. It's too long to write this one. So Mark 14. I'm just going to read this from verse 32. So as I said, this is Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit down here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be struck with terror and amazement and was deeply troubled and depressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sad, overwhelmed with grief so that it almost kills me. Remain here and keep awake and be watching. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and kept praying that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he was saying, Father, everything is possible for you. Take away this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came back and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Have you not the strength to keep awake and watch with me for an hour? Keep awake and watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again and prayed the same words. And again he came back and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and they didn't know what answer to give him. And he came back a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It's enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinful men. Get up, let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And I was just thinking about this passage and about the temptations that Jesus was telling his disciples to pray that they wouldn't enter into in that Garden of Gethsemane. And I feel like the Spirit's impressed three things on me that we're gonna, I'm going to talk about and then we're going to pray into. And the first one was that I felt that, the, that imagine yourself as one of those disciples. You've been walking with Jesus. Peter had had this revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. 
Um, you knew he was. <laughs> He'd done amazing things. And yet, recently, Jesus had been talking about dying, and it hadn't really made sense. Then he'd shared the Passover together, and now he'd taken you out in the dark in the middle of the night to Gethsemane. And something was up with him. He wasn't, it wasn't himself. There was something distressing him. And he told you to pray that you'd fallen asleep. And I can imagine that if I was one of those disciples, I'd have been probably feeling a bit fearful at that time. And it just struck me that we're in a season, aren't we, where all around us things are happening that maybe we don't understand. And that can make us feel a little bit fearful. And I believe that what the Spirit wants us to pray first is that we don't fall into the temptation to fear. Um, there are grounds for it, but we as believers um, have the peace of God. You know, the Bible talks about setting up the peace of God to garrison your heart and your mind, to put a guard on it, like Mark talked to us about um, being the umpire in our hearts, to stop us allowing those fearful thoughts in. And the Bible says that if he will keep in perfect peace the one whose heart is stayed, or whose mind, sorry, is stayed on him. We have that choice of keeping our mind on him when these things come, come against us. So we're going to take a minute to pray that we don't fall into the temptation to fear. And if you have, there's no big condemnation. The Bible tells us that we just confess our sin and he's faithful and he's just and he forgives our sin. And then we ask him for the power to walk free and to walk free from that fear. And I felt in particular that maybe some of you children who are going back to school this week might be feeling a bit fearful. For some of you, you won't have been in school for a good six months. It's all quite different and a bit scary. So families, maybe you could pray together against fear. And maybe parents, it's you that's got the fear. Maybe your kids are fine, but your parents aren't. Pray for one another that you wouldn't be fearful, that you wouldn't fall into the temptation to fear. So let's just take a minute for that. Father, thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, Lord, where we've fallen into fear, forgive us, repent. And Lord, you said the righteous are as bold as a lion. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We're not bold because of our own strength, because of our own ability, but you've made us righteous and you've given us your boldness. And I pray that we'd walk into that boldness, that we would learn to just cast off fear. And Lord, for those people going back to school, those families where children are going back to school, I just rebuke fear in Jesus' name. And I pray that they would carry with them a spirit of boldness, of love, of power and a sound mind, that they would be a light shining in those places. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. And the second thing I felt the Holy Spirit highlights me in this was, and, and bear with this one, um, was that we needed to pray that we don't fall into the temptation 
to fight. So let me explain what I mean. So a few minutes later, and a few verses later, we read how the crowd comes to arrest Jesus. And Peter, who's always that one that wants to be doing what God, you know, seeing the kingdom of God, even though God has already, Jesus has already spoken to him about this a few passages before, Peter draws his sword and swipes off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus has to say, no, we're not doing that. And he heals the guy's ear. Um, you see, for Peter, he didn't understand. He had this revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. And in his mind, he knew what the Messiah had come to do. In his mind, he knew what it was going to look like. And it didn't look like the way Jesus was taking it. It didn't look like Jesus was going to need to suffer and die. He couldn't get his head around that. He couldn't get his mind around that. And so even though he was full of zealousness and love for Jesus, he mistakenly started to fight against the will of God. And it just struck me that we need to pray that we don't fall into the temptation to fight against the will of God. There are sometimes things we don't understand. They don't make sense to our natural mind. As I said earlier, we can pray and God can give us that wisdom and that understanding um, of those things that don't yet make sense to us. But I want us just to take a minute to pray that we don't fall into the temptation of fighting against the will of God in our day and in our time. Amen. So, Father, I just pray that you would give us wisdom and clarity about your purposes in this day, in this time. That where we don't understand some of the things that are going on in a spiritual level, we would seek you and that you would bring us revelation. Lord, we want to be about your business. We want to be working with you, be co-laborers with you in this time. We don't want to find ourselves fighting the wrong things. So Lord, where we're living in a society where people are saying we need to fight against this and fight against that and stand up against this, God, I pray that you would give us, your church, wisdom to see you and to see what you're doing so that we find ourselves working with you and not fighting against you. Mm. God, grant us wisdom and lead us not into temptation in this area. In yeah. Jesus' name, amen. And there's one more area um, of, leading, of praying for God to lead us not into temptation that I really want you to, um, to grasp, okay? I think this next one is, is something really, really significant. Um, and that is that we need to pray against the temptation to sleep instead of being alert, watching, and praying. So in the passage I read from Mark, Jesus asked his disciples to watch, to pray, to be alert, and they failed to do it. They slept. Um, I wonder what would happen if they hadn't, hadn't. But anyway, they slept. And Jesus was able to explain it to them. He said, come on, guys, your spirits are willing, but your flesh is weak. And I wonder how many of us right now feel in that place with some things that, that actually, in our spirit, we know we need to be alert and awake and, and, and aware of the purposes of God and what God is doing this time. But we're finding our flesh is a little bit weak. 
we're finding that it's much easier just to be lethargic or apathetic or not do something when actually the spirit is stirring up something in this church and i've had this real impression in the last few days that god is saying to his church awake awake be alert be alert be alert to what's happening you see there was a lot going on and a lot about to go on at that season for his disciples um we know that in a few minutes time they all ran off and hid and that Peter later on denied Jesus, even though he said he was prepared to die with him. There was so much going on inside of them and Jesus knew they needed to be alert. They needed to be praying. They needed to be watchful. They needed to be aware of what the times were, what was going on and how they needed to be. And they needed to pull on God and his spirit to have the strength to stand in those times that were coming their way. And I believe that the spirit of God is saying this to his church right now. Church of God, awake, be alert, watch and pray. Um, it talks about in the Bible the men of Issachar being people who knew what the times were and what to do and I have this sense that this is what God wants of us right now we need to know what times we're in and what we need to be doing and we'll only know that if we will be alert if we'll watch and if we'll pray so I want to encourage us in a minute to, to watch and to, to pray that we don't fall into the temptation to sleep but that we will rise up and be awake and be alert. There's a couple of verses though I want to just read before I do that, if I haven't lost them. I had that bit of paper a few minutes ago. I don't know where I put it. No, thank you, Roger. <laughs> um, I want to just read two things about this thing about staying awake. The first is from Mark chapter 13 and verse 35. This is where Jesus is talking to his disciples about, and there's been a parable about um, the return of Jesus. And he says, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, at midnight, when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he suddenly, sorry, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. There's a call to us to stay awake right now. And then Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. So I want you just to take a minute and let the Spirit of God speak to you about being awake, being alert, being watchful and praying in this season. And ask him to lead you not, let you not enter into falling asleep in this time. Holy Spirit, <coughs> help us to watch and pray. The psalm says, awake, well, Isaiah says, awake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Help us to do that, help us to awake. Mm -hmm. Help us to be like the men of Issachar who knew the times and knew what to do. Forgive us for slumbering, Lord. We, yeah. we tend to so easily slumber. We're awake one minute and then we're off. Help us yes. to change and to be alert and to stand 
with you. In Jesus' name. There's one more thing I want us to pray into, but it's not in the Lord's Prayer. I want us to go back to the passage I started from in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, but I'm going to read on into the end of it to see what happened and then tell us the last thing that we're going to pray around. So, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There's a lot in there I could pick up. But I want to just pick up this last line that the Lord added to their number those that were being saved. And I want us just to spend a few minutes, first of all, with, all, with ourselves praying for salvation. Maybe there are people in your family that you want to see saved. Let's pray for salvation. Maybe there are friends, neighbours, people in your workplaces. Whoever comes to your mind, let's just take a minute to pray that the Lord will add to our number in this season those that are being saved. Yes, thank you for the great salvation that you've provided. Thank you that you desire that all men or women or children come to know you, that you desire that no one perish. Thank you. And Lord, we speak over our families, over our friends, yeah. over our city, over this nation. Salvation. Salvation. The eyes will be opened, the yes. ears will be unstopped, yes. that the gospel would go forth yeah. in power, signs following. And that many will be saved at this time. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. And it may be that there are some of you here watching today or in the week when you pick up this feed. And you haven't yet given your life to Jesus. You haven't yet been saved yourself. And I want to just give an opportunity that if there's anyone in that place, um, that we can do that right now. So in Romans chapter 10, it says that if we confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead then we will be saved for with the heart you believe and are justified that means put right with God and with your mouth you confess and are saved so I'm going to pray now and if you want to enter into this relationship with God the Father through Jesus then do pray after me so Father God I confess that I believe Jesus is your son who died in my place and I say thank you Jesus that you took the punishment 
that should have been mine. And I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. And I confess that from today, I won't go my own way, but I will have Jesus as my Lord. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer or want to know more, then please, we'd love to hear from you. So drop a, feed, uh, a comment in the feeds here, or feel free to email the, our church office, which is office at faithlifechurch.org.uk. And we'd love to help and support you in your journey. So thank you, Andrew. So, Father, thank you for being with us today. Thank you that you want us to be participators. Yeah. Help us to be participators. Lord, we repent of being spectators. May this be a, a, a seminal moment for us. May this be a watershed. May this be a change where we engage with you and with the people around us in bringing the kingdom into our lives, our family, where we do devote ourselves to breaking bread, to fellowship, to apostles' teaching, and to prayer, that that's what hallmarks our lives. And Lord, we look for many salvations. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Olive, for sharing that. I'm conscious I have to do Cheryl's role now, but um, I don't have anything to say. I'll add to it, so good. That was good. Thank you. Um, I trust that you'll have a good day and a good bank holiday tomorrow. Um, the weather's not fantastic today, but you can still have a good time. Um, as ever, if anybody's got any anniversaries or birthdays in the last few days or coming up, oh, it's my anniversary <laughs> tomorrow, 35 years of being married. But um, if anyone else has, God bless you. Um, I trust that you will enjoy the rest of today and tomorrow. And please engage with the worship this evening um, and with the things. There's a prayer. I know there's prayer on Friday. Other things that come up. Please engage and uh, God bless you and uh, have a great day. Bye.